Good morning. How are we doing? Woo, man, I tell you what, Morgan and the Argonauts, is that the name of the band this week? Right on, man, we got like a, it, like all black right here, that's all I'm seeing, like what, this never happens, what's going on here? A bunch of people sick or something this morning, man, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Now, good morning, everybody good? I got something, to, let me just show you, let me just show you my world, man. I'm, I'm going to turn something around here, okay, I put it on Facebook, this is so awesome. I'm not going to take it off either, but can you see that note? You may not be able to read it. But it says, <laughs> Stuart Smalley fans is awesome. I get up, I check it out, and it's like a surprise. Like, oh, that's cool. It says, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm never taking that off until it wears off, man. That is fantastic. If you're an old SNL Stuart Smalley fan, you know, you get the joke. And, and if not, uh, well, you're still funny. Because so <laughs> you're not, dude. No. Um, uh, but my name is Casey. I think I am. I uh, saw a couple of folks visiting this morning, man. Awesome. Good to see everybody. Uh, good to see everybody here. Uh, it's just a beautiful day, man. We got the windows open this morning. Isn't that cool? You guys feeling the is that window, is that window shut or is that open back there? Look, oh, it's open. All right, it's cool. It's open? Cool. I see the, I see the uh, blinds getting sucked in over there, and I should have known. So, yeah. I was like, man, let's get some breeze in here. This is awesome. Beautiful. We walked in this morning, and uh, the weather was so good. It was actually hotter in here than it was even the air conditioner was on. So just open it up, man. It's so good. So good to see you. Uh, get some fresh air and stuff. But, but guys, uh, welcome to New City. Welcome to, uh, to, uh, to what we got going on. As you guys know, we are going through what's called the story. And it is not too late to get into the story. We're in chapter 10, which is hard to believe. We're like a third of the way through this whole series. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I just feel like we just started it. But it's not too late to get, um, to get started with... Um, the book and so we want people to to understand that what we're talking about is God's upper story God's upper plan and what he has done historically and really from the time he has just desired to be with us so he has come down in the Old Testament and the New Testament and in present day come down to be with us in the Old Testament it was through a, the tabernacle which I'll talk about here in a little bit uh, in the New Testament it was through his son Jesus who came in in physical bodily form to to, to, he himself came and to, to be with us, and now he's with us in his Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Lord, amen? And so it's, it's an incredible thing, and I love the fact that we are totally different than other religions who have a God here, right? And, and we've got to try to do what we can do to try to get to God and be, be what God wants us to be through activities and things like that. And here's what we understand and what we have begun to understand through his word is that God says you're never going to be good enough. You can't be. That's why I have to come down and be with you. Amen? It's remarkable. So we want you to get the storybook. We have zero left. Right? And so get it. Uh, we're sold out here, but man, get it. You can get it online. You can get a, the, the Kindle version. You can, get, uh, you can go to Mardell and go get one, something like that. Uh, they're around 10 bucks, and they, they're just a great thing for, for you to get. You can get caught up really, really easy. Because what the story is, is a, an abridged version of the Bible. And some people say, it's, you know, we got to do, yeah, we, we believe the Bible to be the absolute inspired, inerrant word of God, right? That's who we are. So if, you're, if you don't want that kind of church, I, I'm telling you, you might want to just check out now. Because this, this is who we are, right? So what, we, what these guys did, uh, a guy named uh, Max Lucado and Gary Frasey, they took the excerpts from the scriptures and, they, and they, they basically abridged them, put some commentary, but put them in chronological order so we can understand the Bible more. So what we're doing is helping people understand the scriptures 
more and more and more. And it's actually, man, some of the stuff we were learning, like, whoa, I never saw that connection because it's all about Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation and now. So get that storybook. Come hear the messages on Sunday mornings. And if you, and if you can't, can't be here, man, check out the uh, podcast. Check out the uh, video from Shawnee if you want to get a couple of different perspectives. But, but listen to what, you know, hear, hear the messages. Take those things. And if you haven't started coming yet, Monday night, tomorrow night, we have 7 o'clock. We have a, what's called story group, which we go deeper into what, we, what we're going through now, what we're understanding now. We actually take things, what we, what we learn on, on Sunday mornings, and we take them deeper so if you really want to get into the word and understand it more man be here be here tomorrow night take this stuff that you're learning discuss it with family and share your new understanding of god with other people share it there's three 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 teams that we're trying to put together and there's one team that's already put together and that's our care team and if you have a have a need of any kind man if you have a and this is like if we take this knowledge and go share with other people what we're learning, right, in the hospitals, in, the, in, the, in their homes, if there are fo- folks that are in need or anything like that. If people are needing prayer, man, email to ncecare at, g- at gmail.com. Put that on a connect card or something like that, and we will follow up with those folks, man. That's what we do. Uh, one of the things that people have asked, hey, can the care team do meals? Hey, can the care team do uh, pay for electric bills? No, that's not what we're doing, now, but we do have places and opportunities and places that we can show you or organizations that were able to do that we are this is strictly a, a shepherding this is strictly a a, a team that 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 goes into into folks that that enter enter into homes of folks or or into into places in the hospitals and whatnot prays for folks cares for folks and those kinds of things amen and we also have a team that we haven't quite developed i got a couple people that are praying about about uh, leading these teams. One is a connect team. This is a, a team of people that, that basically new people to the church, new people in the community, that we can connect with those folks and, and develop relationships. Man, we had somebody say, well, I think the care team ought to do this. And we're like, well, th- that actually is a connect team kind of a thing. So we haven't put that together yet. And then the other one is a community team. Guys, I want to show you something going on. Where's that pamphlet I just had here? Hey. Maybe covering it up. All right. God, man. Hey, I forgot to bring it up. My bad. Totally my. But here's a here's a um, something Charlie Charlie Trotter brought to us, and this is a August newsletter, right? It's got all the different events that are coming up, man. You actually can get some Edgerton T-shirts and Edgerton sweatshirts. All kind, man. I'm getting one of those, right? But it got all kinds of things that are happening happening like downtown uh, summer movie nights and those kinds of things, cops and bobbers, ed, you know, all this kind of stuff, guys. And we want the community team to go to things like the the, the city council. Right, which is seven o'clock this Thursday, correct? And uh, really, that's that that is that is a, a key thing. So we can help people understand what's going on in the city. People can communicate that with us as a church, man. And I'm telling you what, if we do that, and we not only do that, but have an understanding of who God is, we can impact the city for for God's kingdom. Amen. You catch where so, so this is not just so that we can learn what it means to 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 be involved in the community or to be involved but it's so that god can be praised god can be glorified and the kingdom can grow that's why we do it every single time see because this story group man if we can help this help people understand things like creation things like uh the flood and reasons why god did it this is one of the things we've talked about in the story groups the flood creation noah right abraham isaac jacob 
We talked about Joseph. We talked about uh, Moses, right, who brought his people out of, out of Egypt. Now, listen, I want to remember last week we kind of had, uh, had this over here. We had uh, like a side thing, right? Remember what was this one over here? Do you remember? Ew, right? Yeah, you remember that? Ew, right, right. The incest and stuff like that was part of God, part of uh, Jesus's like, like lineage. The incest, really, God? Man, that's kind of weird. And then we had like prostitution over here, right? The prostitute was part of, all these people were part of Jesus' line that came through, through Ruth and Boaz and that kind of thing. So, but, but I got another side thing I want to talk to you guys about, right? You guys remember when we were talking about Moses and he was up on the, up on the, up on the mountain. God gives ten commandments to the people and, and he instructs them to build a, a what? A tabernacle, right? So he can dwell among them. This is like, a, the, this is like the very, very first uh, documented mobile home, right? And so where God was dwelling is this thing called the Ark of, the, Ark of God or the Ark of the Covenant. And you can start filling out your bulletins if you want to at this point if you so choose, but this is where God dwelled, right? And, and, I, and, this, is, and this is kind of the, kind of the thing. So I want you to understand, everybody say Ark of God. Ark of the Covenant. Okay, this is where God dwelled. So I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we talk about something else here in a second. You guys, you guys right? So if I come over here and I go, we'll say Ark of God. All right, cool, cool. That'll work. Okay, so sweet. All right, cool deal, cool deal. Because I didn't want to go over here, because over here is, yeah, exactly. This is, this is, I don't, I don't, yeah, this is over too. Okay, got it. God brings his people through the wilderness for 40 years. And they almost get to the promised land, and Moses isn't allowed in. Moses passes away, then you got Joshua who brings people to, into the promised land, and there's all kinds of battles and stuff like that that go on which is why we're in this second part of what we call the battles. This brings us up to the time of Judges, where the Israelites would sin in this battle time. They would sin, they would fall into, you know, basically out of favor with God. There would be all kinds of different things happening. And God would raise up people called judges that would not judge necessarily. Amen, amen, amen all over. Right? Baby amens everywhere. I love it. So God would raise up judges, right? And these judges would be people that would raise the folks up. He would use them to help essentially save. He would use them to essentially save the Israelites. So we talked about Deborah. We talked about Gideon. We talked about uh, Samson, all the jacked up judges and stuff like that. And last week we talked about Ruth, right? Right? Oh, yeah. And smaller, ooh, I guess. Those two came together, came, and, and out of that lineage came Jesus. I mean, wild, wild, wild stuff. And Naomi were all rescued and redeemed, and Ruth and Boaz, man, it was just awesome stuff. But what we understand is that God works out all the issues, all the problems, all the funky stuff going on. That's why I said, man, I've talked to so many people this, this, this morning. They've said, man, I just had a tough, hard, crazy, ridiculous week. Man, me too, man. I was crying like a baby last night. My, my one and only child, my one and only daughter got engaged <laughs> yesterday. Dude, seriously? I don't want to talk about it. Just keep moving. Do something else. Let's talk about the Bible for a second. But seriously, man, I mean, it was like an emotional, all kind of, it wasn't a terrible week. It was just emotional. It was like, whoo. Oh, some of us said, man, coming come this morning with like big burdens, big problems, big stuff going on, man. And I'm telling you, what you're going to understand here. When you leave today, I hope, I pray, is that God is an amazing, incredible provider and protector of all 
that we're going through. See, this week we get into, uh, into 1 Samuel. And Samuel is a first and second Samuel, actually. We'll talk a little bit about second Samuel next week. But Samuel's a prophet and the author of this book of the Old Testament. He's a prophet and he's the last judge that God brings up into the land. And it starts off, the book of, Sam, book of 1 Samuel starts off with the second to the last prophet, Eli. And Eli has two sons, and they were pretty evil guys. They essentially like, took sacrifices from the tabernacle. They slept with the female servants. They, I mean, they were, just, they were just rotten guys, man. And Eli, their dad, really didn't do anything about him. He was like, like oh, essentially, boys will be boys, that kind of thing. And then Samuel comes, because he's a prophet, he comes and he tells Eli, hey, look, dude, uh, your reign is going to end, your sons are going to die, and essentially you're, you're screwed. And he's like, well, that pretty, pretty much had it coming. It's sort of, sort of his, his thinking on that. It's the way when you read the scripture, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess we had that coming. Boys, uh, they shouldn't have done what they did, but he didn't do anything about it, right? He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say, hey, guys, he didn't stand in that gap. He didn't say, as for me and my household, right, we will serve the Lord. He didn't say that. He just kind of let things happen. So Samuel tells that. And God takes his sons out, and this group of people that, are, that we'll learn more a little bit about next week called the Philistines, they essentially take what? Ark of God. Yeah, so they steal the Ark of God. Eli freaks out, right? He hears his sons are dead, and then the Philistines steal the Ark of God. And then at, when, that, when that happens, because that happens, I mean, they've had the Ark of God in the Israelites' hands for hundreds of years. All of a sudden, he falls back, breaks his neck, he dies, right? And this wasn't found until the 1940s when uh, uh, Indiana Jones like, <laughs> picked it up and the, melted the faces of the Nazis, right? Oh, that's not, I'm sorry, sorry, hold on. Let me scratch that just a second. Hey, you nerds just perked up like, whoa, what? Indiana Jones? I wasn't, I wasn't even paying attention to you said that. That's so awesome. I had no idea. It all came from the Bible, right? Hey, it's all making sense now. I like this story, right? No. Samuel takes over as the judge. And in 1 Samuel 8, this is, in, in my opinion, this is just something that it's one of the most devastating, one of the most horrible decisions that a people could make. And I'll let this text speak for itself, but it's just to see what the Israelites did after all the things that God had shown them after all the miracles and all the protection and all the provision and all the, even the prophets that he sent. Verse 1 says this, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel and his second was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, I think that's how you say it. You're more than welcome to correct me if I'm wrong on that. But his sons did not follow in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, you are old and your sons did not follow in your ways. Now appoint a what? Who's been their king up to this point? God, exactly. So appoint a king to lead us such as, oh man, how devastating are these next few words. As all the other nations have. 
God, we recognize the fact that you led us out of Egypt, that you have been, been our creator, been our provider, been, our, uh, been the one that has protected us, been the one that has gone out in battle after battle after battle after battle before us. We recognize that. We recognize that. But we want a person now to be our king. And I'm, you know, I was telling the first service, I, I, I love watching old film clips on the History Channel and stuff. Usually, I know Judy hates it, so as soon as it comes, you know, she comes in the room, I click it over because I know I'm gonna, she's going to make me anyway, right? She'll probably think I'm watching something dirty. Oh, nothing. Um, what are you watching? Hitler? But seriously, I love watching things like old World War II Hitler-type stuff where all these people, man, are mesmerized by a man. Mesmerized by a guy. Uh, you know, and, and follow this person, this regime, this empire, this government, this whatever you want to call it, into absolute horror. And I, and I, and I look at them and I go, how could these people not, really? And we, we all say that too. We all like, man, how could these folks not, not realize what's going on, man? It's like this mass, you know, I don't know, you know, crowd hysteria, whatever you want to call it. My, you know, this, this whole population like going toward this. I mean, all these people with their hands up like that. Crazy stuff, right? And we look back at with our with our and go, wow, this is, this is insane. And then I think about all the different things like Mussolini, Stalin, uh, you know, all the different regimes that had all these incredible followers. And, you know, like right now we have ISIS, people that are doing horrible things, man. Just like a mass following of different people, right? And I want to say what comes to mind is that, the, you know, we've got some current things going on. But historically, even the Roman Empire... Every regime, every empire, what? Goes away. Doesn't it? It goes, it, it's gone. It's like done. It's like all these people have given, hey, we're going to be here forever, right? And like a few years later, they're done. They're gone. And somebody else pops up, feeling the same way, feeling the same way. Every single regime in all of history ends except one. And that's the kingdom of God. Amen. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Do we, we pray that, right? But let me ask, do we really mean it? Do we really understand what that means? That it is your... Guys, America is going to go away. Don't say that. This is America. No, I, trust me. When the word says there will be a new heaven and a new earth, it doesn't say except for America, we're going to keep America, right? Right? It doesn't say that. Are we Christians or are we Americans first, right? We need to understand that. And, and who, is our, who is our king? Who is our God? Verse 6, when they said, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand sinful. So what? So he prayed, right? But the Lord told him, listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you, but they have rejected who? Yeah, my version has a capital M on it, man. They have rejected me as their king. They are doing the same thing that they, they have done to me. They have done to you. They're doing the same thing they have done to me since the day I pray. 
from brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. Amazing. Now listen to this. But warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as the rights. Samuel told all the world, all the Lord's words to the people who were asking for him for a king. And he said in verse 11, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. Listen to this, guys. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses. And they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties. Others to plow his ground and to reap his harvest. And still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters. He won't ask. He won't recruit. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to who? His attendants. He will take a tent. Wouldn't it be nice just to be able to pay a tent in taxes or something? It'd be kind of cool. We were like, yeah, sign me up. That's what Donald Trump's going to do for us, right? He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. Who's supposed to get our first fruits, guys? God. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you, you have chosen. But the Lord won't answer you in that day. In other words, you're going to pick this over me. This is what's going to happen. Don't come crawling back to me when you don't like it. Amen? I mean, this is, this is not an uncommon thing that we're going through as a, as a nation, too. Because my questions are, are so many when I think reading a, a scripture like that. Who should we be relying on? God. And the, and the Sunday morning answer is always God. But is the reality on Monday morning the same? Because I don't, I mean, I know we don't have CNN or Fox News or anything playing right now, man, but, but I, I am like, I've never, it's, it's wild to see the number of people that are getting behind Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Ben Carson or Bernie Sanders. And going, those are the guys that are going to turn things around for our country. Those are the people that are going to put the things right in our country. And I'm here to tell you, man, I used to be that guy and, and that, that, would, that would get behind a political stance or a, or a candidate and say, that's the person we need and that's what we need. I used to be that guy, even as a Christian. I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy that would be on Facebook absolutely annihilating people about the right way to believe in the political realm. Guys, I even went so far that if God had allowed me to do this, that I probably would have never heard the call of, 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 of being a pastor. I actually went down to the Johnson County election office, had a friend of ours I used to go to church with, she worked down there, and I literally got the paperwork that said, I'm going to run for something because something needs to happen in our country. That was me. And I would absolutely argue, absolutely fight, 
even with my brothers and sisters in the church. And what I came to realize after watching, you know, some of you, some of you, I'm, I'm getting like pushing 50 years old now, right? And some of you are laughing. Some of you are like, really? That's, oh, that's old. Some of you are like, yeah, that's nothing. That's right. That's right. But I'm, I'm, I'm pushing that, right? And I've seen different electoral cycles and the same thing happening over and over and over and over. Some people are happy. Some people are sad. Some people are mad. Some people are glad. Some people are this, that, and the other. And, and still yet, the morale and morality and, and the, I mean, you guys can just see it. We're on the decline, guys, as a country. And I'm not trying to be like, Oh, man, a naysayer or anything like that. Guys, I love our country. Don't get me wrong. I dig it. I'm a flag waver. I'm a patriot, whatever you want to call it. But I'm a Christian first, and I'm looking at history, and I'm looking at the climate, and I'm looking at what's going on, man, and I'm a realist as well. And for us to sit there and say, man, we've got to get behind this ideology and this candidate and this and this and this so that our country can be turned around is ridiculous. Proverbs 16.33 says, the lot is cast into the lap, but every decision, in other words, the lap, you know, the vote is cast, but every decision is from the Lord. Those who God appoints are those who are going to be, and I know that sounds hard because, man, we got some crazy evil people, but ultimately God's plan will unfold. 1 Samuel 8, 19-20, the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. In other words, we don't want you over us anymore. Lord, we want a, a king. Then we will be like all the other nations. With a king to lead us and to go out before us, man, and fight our battles. Guys, we've got to understand that it is God that goes out before us. Proverbs 21, 31 says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests in the Lord. You know, I just uh, love history. Like I said, love, love to, to see what has happened, and it just keeps happening. Same things, man. But there's a guy named Robert Winthrop, who was the Speaker of the House back in the 1840s. And he delivered a speech at the annual meeting of the Massachusetts Bible Society, which you think, huh, that's weird. Church and state stuff, right? And he said that men and the word must necessarily be either, be controlled either by the Bible or by the bayonet. And the nation of Israel, man, at this time, wants to be like the world. They want to be like all the other nations. They want to have a king like everybody else because it seems so right. But is it smart to be like the world? See, James 4, 1 through 8 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. 
to adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity, means against God, right? Means you're an enemy of God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes what? Enemy of we want to be like Europe, they're so, right? We want to be like Mexico or Canada. We want to be like this nation or that nation. I mean, even Cuba's got greater health care than we got. We want to be like that. I mean, are you kidding me? Guys, we are a nation under who? We got to be. That's us. That's us, right? Or do you think Scripture says that without reason? that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us. But, everybody say but. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm tired of that punk having his way with us. He needs to be scared of us, man. When our feet hit the floor, he needs to be, oh, crap, they're awake. Come near to God. And he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. First Samuel 8, verse 20, 21. 22. Samuel listened to all the people's words and then repeated them to the Lord. Listen to them. The Lord told Samuel, appoint a king for them. And Samuel told the men, told the Israelites, everyone go back to your own town. And Samuel appoints the prettiest dude in all the land. A guy named Saul had a great time on his face, right? And Saul at first is a humble guy. He seems to be, guy says, I'm not worthy to do this, but ultimately because of his position and lack of character and all kinds of things, man, builds a monument to himself. Because ultimately the desire to make history or be significant in the world's eyes will destroy you. We'll talk about David next week, who was his successor, but this is a guy that even tried to kill King David, who's in the line of Jesus, who came from you, right? And another you. God is the thwarter of the plans of nations. And I, my question, I have several. What's our responsibility? And how do we engage the culture? We do that by being an imitator of Christ. He did it in such a way that he was able to show people the truth of God and show people the grace of God because he was full of grace and truth. And he was able to go into these awful, dark places and people wanted him to come back. He saved and still does because the hope of the world is the church there's no question about that we're it guys we're it and if we engage 
if we engage as a church, the culture around us that needs this so badly because they're fighting and quarreling amongst, amongst each other. We're not, right? I mean, this is what Jesus said. They will, they will know you are my disciples that you love one another. Man, we love the snot out of each other, right? We may disagree politically and stuff like that, but ultimately, man, we're family. Man, that's, that's cool. So my final question to us here today. Are we king-minded? Or are we kingdom-minded? Are we praying... God, your kingdom come through Donald Trump. God, your kingdom come through Hillary Clinton. God, your kingdom come through Bernie Sanders. God, your kingdom come through Ben Carson. Or are we saying, God, your kingdom come and may we be your vessel to bring it. Amen? Father, I love you. We love you. And we thank you, God, for what you've done in our church. It is absolutely a miracle. And Lord, we, uh, we thank you more than we can thank you. And we beg you, Lord, to, to give us that, that grace and that mercy that, frankly, we, we really don't deserve. Forgive us, Lord, for putting men as kings before you, the king of kings. And may we turn, Lord, from the political spectacle that is going to be a disappearing, passing thought in a matter of a few short months. And may we truly submit to you the kingdom that never ends. God, may we be the people that are humble before you submissive to you and others and the ones that tremble at your word so that you will show us the favor that you so desperately want to show us. It's in your son's incredible, awesome, beautiful name. Everybody said, amen.